getting into, Gate. This is episode 171. We are talking Stargate Atlantis. The Get Into Gate team is here. My name is Mitch. Joining me, as always, Matty Gibson. Well, hello, Mitchell. And Brendan Gibson. Hey, mate. Just a sometimes guy coming in <laughs> at the moment. I will not have that. I will not. <laughs> Look, we are stuck in COVID times. So we are doing this from separate locations. Maddie and I, though, actually not tonight. Today. Look, we're able to, we're able we to touch, touch each other. We're touching each touch. other right now. And look, listen, if you're on Patreon, you could see it. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, can hide. what you want to do. I mean, I are, are we going to address... I don't want to say the elephant in the room, because that gives you an opening. She, room, she but, is an elephant, yeah. But Mitchell and I are kind of in a bit, in a bit, of, a, <laughs> a bit of a menage situation with uh, the beautiful uh, Dr. Weir. Wouldn't have said that, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, check that out on the old Patreon. Well, we are doing a storm. And the eye, twice the weir for your enjoyment, Brendan. A two for one as far as weir. Mm. Weir gets wet. So can I wet. just say, like, if if those out there aren't aware, I fucking love Stargate Atlantis. Like, I love it. It yes. is known. It's some. Sometimes it's more. I sometimes like it more than SG One. Sometimes I'm not saying I like it more. SG One's my favorite show. Oh, I mean, Atlantis at its peak. Is definitely better than like season two of SG One, you know. Yeah, it is. It, it, I hate saying it, mm. but I love it so much. And the fact that I, when I will do my rewatches, I start here. I skip oh. the first half of the season wow. and I start here. This is my. You know this what? is the start. I don't really blame you. Yeah, because the rest of it's Thinking just generic it. stuff. I, I remember, um, you know, I remember McKay with his. With the, the chest thing where he always... He, oh, the shield, a little personal shield. Personal shield where he does... And I'm just like, yeah, cool. From here, it's just like, yeah, whatever. It's like, this is the shit. Mm. Like, I remember then, the... I, I might even do the the pilot, but then I'll jump to this. Yeah. And then from like, here, I'll skip you go everything. to Before I Sleep is obviously the next one. Um, no, I actually really... <laughs> Which one's that? I can't remember. It's the Weir episode. It's the Weir episode. Yeah, obviously, that's why I can't remember it. I always go... <laughs> I go this one because I really like the Defiant ones, which is the next one. Oh, no, I'm, see, I'm not a huge fan of that one. Uh, I dig it. I love it. I'm not going to tell you why. Till next no. week. Well, week after. Yeah. Is yeah, it? okay. Oh, the, sorry. The week after that, you guys will have to wait. Me dead. <laughs> yeah, cool. Sounds good. Waiting a long time for that. It's because it's the same bugs from SG One. That's the reason. Ah, also the wraith is sick. See, I'm I'm a first timer here. I've got no idea, and all I actually have heard about post this two two part episode essentially is that it dips a little bit. But that's mainly just from you, Matty. You said that that after this, this is like a nice little peak for the next three or so episodes maybe? well the storm and i and then there was a drop-off but the defiant one is right after so okay. brendan will definitely disagree with me about the uh the drop-off i do disagree because i for me it's a defining moment for shepherd i don't want to go too far advanced Ooh. but it's also it's such a cool episode based on the lantians the wraith shepherd everything i like it i dig it it's a cool episode, but we're, we're talking about this way. We're talking about the storm and of course the eye. We're doing the two parter in one podcast. Oh, never forget the eye. You know, you got to give the eye just a little bit of attention. 
Well, if you are joining us for the first time, what we do each and every week is we go back to the old synopsis of the show, or the episode in particular, uh, read what it's about, and then we uh, throw it over to, I guess, maybe me this time, because I am the uh, first timer to see what I think about this particular one. I want to watch you throw to yourself. That could be, that could be interesting. That could be good. You can throw to me, and I'll be like, I'll do, hey, Mitch, what I'll are do you? Cross. No, no, don't ask me, mate. Ask, what do you think? Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll do that. that. <laughs> this is a good rehearsal. We'll, when we do it live and we're yeah, actually yeah. recording, that's All what right, we'll do. do okay. Let's do it. <clears throat> Here we go. With a monstrous storm that occurs once only every 20 or 30 years bearing down on Atlantis, Shepard requests temporary refuge for the Atlanteans on Minara. Meanwhile, McKay and Zelenka hatch a plan to use the electricity from the storm to raise Atlantis' protective force field, and Taylor, Ford, and Beckett become stranded on the Athosian mainland. That's, of course, part one. Let's jump over to part two. Betrayed by the Minarian, see, it doesn't work out too well. Shepard plays a dangerous game of cat and mouse with soldiers who have seized control of Atlantis and taken Weir and McKay hostage. With Atlantis under the control of the Janai and the team scattered, Shepard must save the remaining members of the Stargate team as the city faces imminent destruction. Uh, look, this uh, beautifully directed by Martin Wood, teleplay and partly written by Maddie's favourite Stargate Atlantis writer, Martin Giro. How good is Giro, by the way? Oh, what an episode. Listen, listen, listen. Straight off the bat. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. Linda. <laughs> Linda. Listen. listen. Linda. You know what Linda means? Karen? Well, close. <laughs> I believe it's Spanish for like beautiful or something. Oh, it's not a name. It's not actually a name. Um, but the thing I love about Martin Wood in this episode, especially, is that the fact that he can—the only time you know it's a storm—is because, like, you look at Collier, for example. There's a there's a there's a picture of Collier. There's a shot of Collier where he's in the fourth the foreground and in the background all it is is someone has like a blower on a plant mm. and it's and it's and it's on the balcony and the plant's going crazy i think even in one shot you can kind of tell that there's just a grip off just off screen just shaking the pot plant just yeah probably just but the thing that i like about it is that it, obviously the sound effects in post which he predicted was going to happen but it's nothing other than that it's just a mm. pot plant and the background, you have the sound effects, and you ha- and you ha- and you have the pot plant shaking, and you're like, "Wow, this is a crazy storm!" Yeah, but really, just a shout out to Martin Wood for that. Like, I, I just love that. I bow at the altar of Martin Wood. I love me some Martin yeah. Wood. Yeah, yeah, he's epic. Loved it. I'll just that that thing st- stood out to me so much was just the fact that why am I feeling like like I need to hide. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it, there's a storm. I need to hide. There's a reason why Shepard is really under the pump. Yeah. Because obviously the Jedi are in there. There's a massive storm coming. And it's just because he's got a blower on a plant. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing directing. Yeah. I love it. And, and I, I, I probably said this before, but these days, especially with dialogue, I think writers honestly write too much. Like they write dialogue based on how people feel. And I think that people, the actors should be out. It should be in italics. So the audience doesn't unable to read what is in the script, but Mm. the actor themselves can read it, understand it and emote. Whereas these days, a lot of the time, like I talk about Punisher in the Marvel universe, especially in, I think season two, 
the the main villain talks about how much he feels like shit. Yeah. And it, and it happens for a lot throughout, like, I want to say like a third of the whole series. And you're like, can't you just act it? Yeah. Why are you saying it? There's a lot of writers out there that are saying dialogue the way that people are feeling instead of actually, no, let the actor do it. Dude, you are going to, this is going to blow your mind. So I've seen the video I have, um, you know, Kevin Smith from like Jay and Silent Bob. He's Silent, yeah. he's Silent Bob. Of course. Um, he directs a lot. He's directing a lot of the CW shows, Supergirl and, and The Flash and all that kind of stuff. He did yeah. a stand-up special just before he had, it was literally the, the day he had his, his heart attack, like a, two years ago. Right. He came off stage from this stand-up show and had his heart attack. So I was watching the stand-up show and he tells the story of the first time he directed, I think The Flash was the first show that he directed out of all of them. Yeah. And it's all shot up in Canada. So he flew up to Canada and did it. And he had to have what was called a tone meeting with the executives back in LA. So he gets into a boardroom, gets on a, like a you know, video chat like this. And they go, okay, uh, act one, scene one. So in this scene, this is what they're saying to Kevin Smith. In this scene, everyone's happy. Everyone's happy in this scene. This is a happy scene. All right, <laughs> act one, scene two. Worried. Everyone's worried in this scene. This scene's about worry. And they literally beat, went wow. to scene and did that all the way through and i'm like no wonder why those cw shows are such See, our focus groups tell mm. us that people only like to be happy for 12 minutes <laughs> they want to go through some kind of dread see the audience <laughs> generation they've only got an attention span their emotions need to change every seven mm. to 12 minutes jesus christ do you know what makes a really good scene for me is when one person might be happy and another person in the same scene might be worried. Stop it. And there's you some mean like kind real of, life? There's what? some kind of conflict between the two people in the scene. I mean, that's just me. That's how I'd, how I'd write stuff. But uh... Well, to get on to the other Marty, uh, I know, Matty, you joke that Martin Giro is your Atlantis version of Robert C. Cooper. He's kind of done a Cooper in this two-parter. Well, I've seen Cooper do it a few times where you look at the storm... Story by Jill Plotvogel. Blood, 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 blood. Jill, let's just call her Jill. Teleplay by Martin Bl- Garrett. I'll, I'll fill this one, Mitch. Blotvogel. Oh, Blotvogel. Yeah, I was going to real... Just Got to be confident, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so story by Jill and uh, teleplay by Martin Garrett. <laughs> mm-hmm. See how I confidently avoided it? Jill, she's <laughs> crushing it. God, she's crushing it. But then, it. Come the Eye, part two, just straight up written by Martin Giro. Yeah. So the first, like, he's... Look, like, Giro like, took the premise. And he's yeah. just, Jill, Jill. Well, that's... that's I'm the f*** down. I got this. You know what I mean? Um, and to be honest, like, he should. He's amazing, Martin Giro, if you ask me. Look, Mitch and I are in the same room tonight, so we don't have time to we don't have room to wheel the piano in. But I was reading the the um, visual companion for Atlantis, and it basically tells the story of um, Martin Giro had sold the story for that piece of shit that he wrote a few episodes <laughs> back. He then they said, "We're going to hire you. Come in." So he like first day in, he's walked in with all his gear and sat down. They went, "We've got this story element, which is obviously Jill's story element of of a storm. She had some other stuff. We're not using it." But um, it's going to be the mid-season finale, so here you go. You're going to write that, and and the, he apparently shit himself um, when he heard that was that was the case. But yeah, he ba- they basically just said, "There's a storm, go." Look, I, lo- I love the I love this episode. That's why I always said uh, I start my rewatch with this episode, or at least I watch mm. the pilot, and then jump to this. 
because I really enjoy the storm. I think the way Martin Wood, like I said, portrays the storm is like you, f you feel like you're overwhelmed by the storm, but also the fact that I hate the Jedi. I hate them so much, <laughs> not only because they're a bad guy, but I, I think they're a bad, bad guy. Yeah, like they're right. not good. I find Collier's refreshing though. Like Collier is menacing. Yeah. He's a good menacing. I think they start to rely on him a little bit too much. Like I think maybe he's in the show a little bit too much. Collier. Collier. And such a weird name. Yeah. And you can tell that um, uh, like Shepard has an issue pronouncing it. Like they even say it in the episode. Like that's hard yeah. to pronounce. Yeah. Like, so the fact that he becomes like, you know, Shepard's nemesis and, um, and he can't really pronounce his name. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i always figured that they should make the episode name this this is commander collier collier that's a hard name to pronounce is that a first name collier it should just be collier Collier. Yeah. By the Collier. amount of times he Collier says it. Collier part one, Collier part two. <laughs> Collier part one, Collier part two. <laughs> oh, this guy thinks he's legit and Steven Seagal motherfucker. Yeah. Like he yeah. comes out. That's his first appearance is in like the black. The guy's clearly overweight. He's not in shape. And he just f***ed up those two guys. Oh, actually, I love that he's in this Robert. Is it Darby or Darby. Davey? It's Darby. Darby. Right? Yeah. It's, not, it's spelled obviously Davey, but it's Darby. I love him. A number of things I've seen him in. For me, he will always be um, Franz Sanchez from License to Kill. I know you haven't seen many of... Oh, he was a Bond guy. He was a Bond villain. Oh. And for me, he's like one of the top Bond villains. And he's not like this megalomaniac who wants to take over the world. He's a drug cartel. Like, he's a, he's a, he's a cartel boss. Oh, so he, um, he's not the one that had the sidekick that threw the hat with the razor blades in it? No, he's not. No, no. actually, if he had his sidekick, was a young young, horribly toothed Benicio Del Toro pre-fame. Wow. And he's like a psycho Benicio Del Toro. Hardly says anything in the whole movie. But Robert oh, Darby... I, I can't picture Benicio <laughs> no, Del Toro you know playing a he's psycho. He's a psycho who works for a Mexican cartel. You wouldn't know it. Can't picture that. But Robert Darby, for me, yeah, he is like one of the great Bond villains because he's just this ruthless cartel boss. So and... from 1989 until yep. 2005, he just crushed it for you. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he did nothing for 20 15, years. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Until now, I'm like, oh, shit, he did something after that. Are you joking? Yeah. Oh, and cool. also, I, 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 I don't want to spoil it for you. Wait till Danny Trejo shows up. Get the f*** out. Danny Trejo is oh, in an episode of Atlantis, I thought I thought it had ended here. It, I thought it was Robert Darby and then Corey Monteith. And I'm like, God, that's a guy from Glee. Like, hang on a second. Oh, yeah. Just cracking out hey, for a stuff. second, I thought he was in... Uh, I thought it was the dude from SGU. Yeah, the... Oh, it does look like oh, that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Matthew Scott. Matthew, Tennis yeah, that's him. The well, funny thing Scott. is, is Corey Monteith is also in 200 when they do that, that bit about... Like the oh the young about the young the like young SG style SG yes. oh really Corey Monteith is playing the Mitchell character and that's that's uh, ironically that's what SGU is Ooh. arguably a lot of people think that but, I guess um, the other connection... oh, I'll, I'll watch uh, Matthew Scott do anything <laughs> yeah god yeah especially with... Chloe oh yeah <laughs> this, this is the Stargate porn we need. All over my head. <laughs> That's good. That's a good thing. Let's forget this happened. Mm. God's sake. 
Well, the other connection for me is because, you know, the other big thing that I know Robert Darby from, it was only a year before uh, he was in the Bond movie and when he was in Die Hard as like, you know, a, a secondary at best character. He comes in as a, what, FBI agent, I want to say. Agent Johnson. There's two Agent Johnsons, a black and a white guy. No relation, as they point out. <laughs> and um, this story after about, what, you know, three quarters of the uh, first episode, becomes Die Hard in Atlantis, which is awesome when you've got a character like Shepard, who is Atlantis's version of O'Neill, who is this show's version of, Mac- of McLean, who mm. is this very well-equipped, very well-trained, very perfect for the situation, whether it be cop or soldier or, or whatever, but has no respect for the situation in a way, has no respect for his adversary, for his for his enemy. And I liked them playing off each other. You know, whether it would be O'Neill, whoever he would take on, whether it's McLean and Hans Gruber, or you've got here Shepard V. Koya. I actually I I loved that part of it. So um yeah, Robert Darby in this, I was I was actually stoked because mm. for me he's like that guy from three things. And same with Cole Meany as well. I like that mm. he for me is oh he's that guy from, you know, two or three movies that I've seen. I've got, I've got a Cole Meany action figure just over there. Oh, is that a that's I've got, one? I've got two. I've got two Cole Meany action figures. That's very close to a that's one, Maddie. I'll, um... I mean, my entire Star Trek collection's in the background, so I, think, I feel like that's a that that's one straight away. The fact that you have Doctor Weir in the foreground is very unsettling to me. Is she staring directly into your soul? Like, do you find it hard? To uh, look? I'm looking at her boobs more than anything. <laughs> is that good or bad for you? Can you boys? take it off? No. Like if she was nude, it'd be okay. That's that's about as much as you get, buddy. Okay. No, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed Call You Mitch because my literally my first note was Mitch Collier, how many hards? So <laughs> <laughs> I figured you'd I didn't even know he was a bond, I just knew him from Die Hard. So oh, I just shit. always remember that from Sh- Shepard doing his best Owen Wilson Collier yeah. <laughs> Like it's just that's all he does this episode. Collier and I know they had to get to that cliffhanger moment because you as you told us last week, Matty, it was the uh, as you Mid-season finale. Mid-season finale. So you've got to get to that cliffhanger moment, and the guns on Weir, and then they cut. I like that they didn't go back, you know, at, at all. It was just purely left on Shepard. But in that moment where he lost whatever lead that he had, he was like, "Hey, fine. How do you do this? You know, you're not going to get this if you hurt her, or if you take this out of the machine, or you coming at me again. Whatever the whatever the um, the call that he was that he was making, and." Koya sort of called out his bullshit. He's like, all right, well, I'm just going to kill her. And then you just saw Shepard like, all right. Koya? Koya, no, no, no. I'll give you a ship. I'll drive it there myself. I'll give you a blowjob on the way. Koya. Koya! <laughs> Put your dick in my mouth, Koya! My neighbor's uh, like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, wait, this will. is the f- safest thing that's happened. <laughs> <laughs> They're, um... There was some a weird bit of continuity error in there, I think, though, in that... So, Shepard steals the C4 and leaves behind an Earth radio so that he can talk to Collier, radio to radio. When Shepard gets out there and takes out the guys, he picks up a Janai wrist radio, and that whole scene, he's yelling at Collier through a Janai radio, mm. yet when you cut back to Robert Darby, he's holding an Earth radio. Mm. And then... I may be wrong here. Are you I... trying to blame that on Giro? No. <laughs> I wish I could. I re... and it, It's de- definitely said in the script, you know, he picks up 
Janai Radio yells into Janai Radio. So there's nothing Martin Wood could do to fix that. Yeah. But I, I think at the start, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think at the start of the second episode, he's back to like an Earth um, radio. Just it kind of fixes it. Oof. Yeah. So it was a little bit, a little bit awkward. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty cheap. I've only got a one per view on Stan. And I had a oh, bunch the, of... the one... Um, like one, one screen. screen. Yeah, I've got yeah. that. Yeah, and oh, I... Have got kids, so that is cheap. I, I had a bunch of the Badanas so. watching um, Grey's Anatomy on stand. So, I mean, like, I can't... <laughs> I can't show any of the clips that I wanted to show. <laughs> Damn it. Um, so, I, I can't, I can't prove your point, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, I see. Like I've always said... Oh, yeah! I've always said that. Hey, um, what was what was with the creepy, um, the creepy black pope at the start? I wouldn't have said black, but you said it. Black, Jesus, mate. Free the world. His clothing was black. His skin was white. God's sake. His skin was very George Floyd. Very white. He was just wearing black pope clothes. Mm -hmm. He was creepy. He was weird. Have you been watching Anthony Hopkins to popes? No, I haven't actually. Great movie. I haven't watched it, obviously. I'm not a child molester. Um. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the black, the creepy black Pope guy was actually, he was in prisoners. He was, he was the, the blind guy, I think. Oh, yes, yes. I knew I'd seen looks, him before. He kind of looks like um, Carmen Agenziano a little bit. What are you doing now, Brennan? We can hear something. We, what are you? Can you hear it? Oh, that's annoying. You can hear a little bit of something. No, I, I just heard more Collier yelling. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get enough of Collier. That's kind of weird because I wasn't sharing, but you could hear it. Probably picked up in your microphone, I think. Just very. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. But yeah, so they were the Minerans. So back when we met the Janai. And we got hooked on the whole building nuclear weapons instead of finding food. Remember like three quarters of the way through or towards the end and Weir goes, oh, Sergeant Bates made contact with these people and managed to get some food. Yeah. They were the Minerans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're bringing them back. But then there was that weird thing where there was that one piece of shit drunk Athosian um, yeah. who had had a GDO and that's how the Jedi got onto Atlantis. They gave some random fucking Athosian a GDO. Was he Athosian? Yeah, he was because he had a GDO. Yeah, and that's how they got it. So he was obviously off-world drunk, you know, bragging about how he lives on Atlantis or whatever. And that's how the Minerans have ah. got him in. And well, I assume that. And then, I took it as being like a Minerian who's a farmer that was the ones giving them the. But I guess nah, he's an Athosian. Yeah, that yeah, would make cause... more sense. He'd be Athosian. Why he would have the GDO? Like obviously there was um yeah he was drunk. Those two said, how do you work this GDO? And he's like, oh, it has to be me. Obviously, he's lying. Yeah. He could give him the code, but he just wanted to survive. Yeah. And then those two idiots of Atlantis. Oh, like, God. of all the only, the only two people you would leave in Atlantis, it wouldn't be those two. Yeah. For Although, God's sake. Look, the one thing I will give him is he was right about the bacon. Like, he was right about bacon. Yeah. Like, I'll give him that. I was with him up until he said, oh, yeah. open the iris. I mean, yeah. drop the shield. Because I was like, dude, at this point, I've worked. Uh, look, I've worked in tech support for so long, where it's it gets to the point where you need an excuse not to help someone. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, hey, we got incoming. He's like, hey, hey nah, 
Look, listen, <laughs> we're shut down. So uh, you're going to have to dial someone else spewing for you and just hang <laughs> up. Like, there's no way you dropped a shield for those people. And then, you know what? They got shot in the face and they deserved it. That's all I can yeah. say. Yeah, I think I think they yeah. did probably deserve it, you know. And yeah, I mean, I, mean, I was with him for the bacon, but no, so, yeah, <laughs> not after that. And I mean, and you're, I mean, just for everyone listening, your tech support is is second to none. I mean, we were struggling trying to set up this new setup so that Mitch and I could both sort of record from the from the same place. And and Brendan down the line gave us that great, you know, great advice of have you turned it off and turned it back on again? Well, it worked, didn't it? Because it was my fault. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was the best part is you're like, oh yeah, yeah. click this, click this, click Listen, this. Listen, turn it off. It always oh, happens on it. Zoom. Great people, but f***ing oh, dead. You got to hang up and know. start again sometimes. Great people. How shit was Rainbow in this episode? Oh, God, he annoyed people. me. Do you know what, you know what I found really, really <laughs> gross though is when Beckett, Beckett kept calling him son. I'm like, Listen, son. Would ya? Listen, like, when it comes to well, Beckett, he can well do no wrong for me. Yeah, but he may as well. Do no wrong. You may as well be bloody Bert Newton calling him boy. Like it was, it was a bit mm. icky for me. I was like, oh really? I liked it. Um, I liked it. I had a time time stamp here: six minutes and forty eight seconds. Carson talks about boots. I don't really have the right boots for this. I thought I was going to give an inoculation to wee baby. Yeah. <laughs> and and I eat babies. I love a wee baron. But at the same time, right, this is what I want to announce to you guys is that Carson has an infatuation with boots, but not only boots, shoes, any kind of footwear, boots, shoes, footy boots, stilettos. He loves them. And I'm just going to leave it there up until this point. So this okay. is something just to, just a little mental note. This is some, this is a mental note to take note that he has some kind of a foot fetish. And I'm not going to mention why. Do you, do you think, could it be related to the fact that it's a Canadian production? He keeps hearing everyone say a boot. Yeah, what that. you took in the boots. Yeah, what you I haven't you got, got the right boots. boots for this. Boots. Yeah, boots. But I love stilettos. <laughs> I don't he remember does Carson it. ever talking about stilettos, but I'm excited to hear Look, it. Look, mate, he, is, he has a foot fetish. Let's just keep it at that and we'll we talk really about did. that later down the line in the end of the maybe mid credits or something put back in where they're actually yes. pulling away the dead bodies of those two stupid soldiers that took mm. the uh the iris the shield down and then it's wheeling them off to the morgue and he pops and goes what are you doing with that of boots yeah, absolutely <laughs> i'd like keep those it, alien keep boots. The on that. <laughs> absolutely i did like the moment between him and ford though where it's like are you telling me to shut up again he's like Again, again, like I did. Yeah, I, I liked some of it. Like some, some of it for me, Carson was should have been like he should have been shitting his pants more instead of mm. like you know you're like military. You can't tell me what to do. He was like he should have been like he should have been like all right, whatever you yeah whatever you reckon, Ford. Yeah, like Ford was in command on that jumper. Ford was in command. Yeah, and he's really like oh yeah, we're not doing that, Sonny. Oh, it's not like flying through a. Wheat fields or whatever. Like, I was like, oh, mate. <laughs> it's not like, yeah, it's not like, like having dozens of boots like around you and feeling super um, comfortable. Not like crusty. Nothing like that. We did touch on um, Sora before, the little um, uh, Janai lady who had her, um, her blood feud with Taylor. Um, oh, the Ranger. 
Uh, I do find, yeah, Sora up against Taylor, it was always a one-sided fight. It was... It, it mm. kind of reminded me of, like, when um, when Ryak was trying to beat up Teal'c. Like, you know who's going to win the fight. Yeah. Um, she wasn't very intimidating. I didn't... I didn't... I didn't rate her as far as um, being a good... No. I think the best part of that fight was when Taylor had her knife pointed up vertically and then the sound effect of her <laughs> swishing it down mm. reverse like, to the reverse angle. Yeah. Reverse, reverse grip. Ultron. That was the coolest bit. Other than that, it didn't need to happen. Mm. And it kept well, cutting back to the control room, which is more interesting. And then yeah. cutting back to a no one cares about this fight because obviously Taylor doesn't die. Well, and then God say they've um, put they put so much money into that f- shit wig. Oh, Taylor's <laughs> wig, yeah, yeah. Bad. Like, there's no way she's dying. And then um, obviously there's a scene missing because basically after Taylor throws the um, knife into like the solid Atlantean ground somehow, like <laughs> the base, like mm. the metal floor. God, yeah. And walks away, and then Sora starts walking after her, and then you see her three seconds later, and they're both helping Beckett into the control room, and then we never see Sora again. At the end of the episode, they say she's locked uh, up. She's locked up. I think they reference her. They reference her once in, I think maybe Brotherhood, but we never see her again, and we never get any resolution to whether she was released or. It was. It was funny. Watching it with Maddie because I actually got to watch the the end of uh, of episode two with Maddie and I got alive as it was happening, and we, we never, never see her again. And that was great because it was matching the dialogue. It was following the dialogue. It was like, you know, what else oh, did he ruin for you? <laughs> well, it, it followed the dialogues. So it was fine, yeah, it was but fine. it was like, oh, I guess we're friends now. And you're like, Ugh, wouldn't have thought so. We're never gonna do it. It's like, what are we gonna do about what's his name? Sora. 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 We yeah. about Sora. It's like, uh, hey, and we never saw Sora again. again. Very hey, nice. Hey. Let's see what we've done there. I guess guess we'll throw in her cell and see what we can get out Mm. of her. And Maddie's like, "Yeah, nothing. Clearly, never going to see her again." Yeah, I mean that's that's just bad writing, if you ask me. To you know, put a character in a in the well. I mean, it's not up to the original writer, is it? It's just up to the follow follow on writers. When you think about it, it's probably up to Cooper and resolving a story. Really, (laughs) yeah, I'm I'm, I'm happy to dump that on Cooper. Mm. (laughs) Shit goes uphill, bro. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. Yeah. Um. I did notice too, um, Brennan. I, I sort of mentioned to Mitch as we were watching, but what have you thought? There's that when like there's that cool bit where Shepard like activates the Iris Shield and kills like fifty five of the Jedi as they're coming through. There's that scene where Kolya asks about one in particular, one one of the soldiers, and we never get resolution on that. Do you reckon that was Kolya's son? Honestly, I didn't catch that. Hmm. When he goes back inside, he asks Sora, he goes, oh, what was the name? Inus or Ino? Enos or something, Enos or something like, like that. that. Was Enos one of the people that came through? And she says no, and he, he sort of, you know, he grimaces and looks down and, and looks upset. Right. So I'm like, yeah, I wonder if that I was... I think the, uh, the first time I... Yeah, the first time I saw that, I assumed it was someone that he loved. Yeah. Obviously That's, cared um, about... Well, was it in that Steve, Steven Seagal? Maybe I originally thought it was he was in that Steven Seagal scene at the start where he's just dressed in black and Aikidoing everybody to death. Oh, yeah. I told you, do not interrupt me. Actually, um, I'm training. 
Seth, uh, Seth Green actually uh, shared a picture on his Instagram the other day of Steven Seagal holding two watermelons and looking very happy about it. He would. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Watermelon sugar. <laughs> did um did you enjoy the little confirmation that um uh, Atlantis is running on five Nequita generators? Yeah, that was nice. Um, and they're all was it five or four? Five. Because uh, we did one, McKay did one, Shepard did the other two. No, no, that's the grounding station. So there was the grounding stations. Why was the grounding station so close to the main tower? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And also, I'd... why would why would five Nakwita generators supply six piers and a control tower? You'd think there'd be like one can one for the control tower and then one for each of the piers. Mm. I can't, obviously judging based on SG1, like those Nacquita generators can pump out some juice. Mm. Um, so that there's definitely enough to run Atlantis, obviously not enough to run the shields, which is part of the, the whole episode. Yeah. But I'm happy with one generator does the main tower, does the gate, does the shield, does the whole, you know, main stuff. Yeah. And that, that's five, I don't know. I've, yeah. Obviously, that's the reason they just brought five with them. Oh, yeah, good point. You know what I mean? Good point. I just wanted to mention this to you, Maddie. I actually... I'm here too, but me, right? <laughs> My drag. Yeah, <laughs> but the, the main token is that I actually didn't mind Weir in one scene. Oh! All right. Give me more. I mean, she's staring at you right now. So, um, Pray which, tell. which God, scene yeah. was it, mate? Okay, I didn't mind Weir when she was arguing with Koya. Oh, um, yeah, she, because she, she went actually toe to toe with him, like she didn't. She back went down. toe to toe with him in terms of negotiating, like she her negotiation skills came out, which mm. is pretty rare. But considering in SG one, she was a negotiator with the UN, and she you never seen it now up until today, mm. which annoyed me. But like she was using those skills against Colia. She's like, you know, like. I, you know, I understand why you're doing this, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and she's like, you know, like a lot of our, a lot of the SGA team have the gene. So they're direct mm. descendants from the ancients. She said, not me, but a lot of my team do. And he's like, what makes you so, you know, so glorious uh, and great. And she was arrogant or something, sure. something like that. It was, just, it was a good scene, but until the point where she's like, like, he goes, because you're from Earth or whatever, that you think you're all, all that. And I was like, okay, now tell him that the ancients built Atlantis on Earth. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she just didn't say that. Yeah. And I was like, that you, you ruined your own argument. Like, obviously, to the point where she was trying to argue, like, we belong here. Our team needs to be here. And then he's like, well, what makes you so different? You're not even from this galaxy. And she's like, yeah, but dude, I'm from the planet that Atlantis was built where the ancients came from. She didn't say that. That was like the poignant bit that she needed to explain. Well, And, yeah, and she just, that, it just fell flat. Something that it's never, I don't think it's ever explicitly said in, in Atlantis is that they say that, you know, the ancients, you know, um, populated the galaxy with, you know, with the humans that are there, like Taylor's race and Collier's race and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But no, none of them ever seem to have the ancient gene, which means they're not, it's almost like they're like a separate, a separate species. 
I feel like what's what's yeah. unsaid is that the reason people of Earth have the ancient gene is because when all the ancients abandoned Atlantis and went back to Earth, they procreated with humans. Right. And that's and then we are their descendants. So Jack is obviously like a descendant of an ancient and that's how he got the that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from it because I don't yeah. think we ever see a someone from the Pegasus galaxy with the ATA gene. Yeah, I agree. Obviously that's something they created for Stargate Atlantis, mm. which is cool i dig the whole concept yeah and um yeah i I agree with you like she's like we are direct descendants don't know why you guys aren't because the atlanteans the ancients actually created you but yeah the ancients made you the ancients yeah that makes sense (laughs) the ancients my grandma (laughs) like so hard yeah i that's um, why that's why we're more awesome like i like we're finding a common ground because i have to say in um like in, after when she didn't say that Atlantis was built on Earth, ruined it for me. Yeah, what back I to the found, basement. Weird. And it's um. Don't it's get too excited, Matty. It's fault as it is Martin Giro's fault. But I did find in part two, her and McKay just yelling in the rain, kind of dragged a little bit for me. I feel like there was a few too many scenes of that. And uh, so many times where Collie is like, oh, well, sorry, we're, you're dead. And then doesn't kill her. Like, I feel like they, they relied on that too much. It's like, well, hey, you're Shepherd, dead. Dr. Oh, Weir is dead. How do you like them apples? And he's like, really? Yeah. Eh, I didn't even mind. Like, she was all right, I guess. Oh, I mean, I always, I always love Dr. <laughs> Weir. But, um, Hero just did If she's dead, that's fine. Oh, it's also come fun. On come on now. No, I'm talking about I mean, that's what Shepard thought. The whole the whole mid season finale was on, was on oh, Wiz Wiz about to get shot. I mean So when is the finale, the end of Storm? Yeah. Is that the finale? So that was yeah, that was episode ten, so that's halfway in the season. So they took their, their break for a couple of months over Christmas or whatever and then um came back. So I really enjoyed the whole Shepard John McClain diehard. Yeah, that was thing. good. It was really, really cool. Even uh, I mean, they didn't have to do too much. Like Martin Wood just had the the CGI effect, or wasn't even that much of just like four blips, three of the blips disappear, and Shepard's remains. It's just yeah. it just feels yeah, they, cool. They had to save all their money for that big um, big cum shot at the end where the shield comes up with the, yeah um, the tidal wave. Yeah. But yeah, just looking at the dates, uh, the storm aired on the 17th of, the, of September 2004 and the eye didn't air until the 8th of November 2004. Uh, great year, by the way. Oh, that, I mean, this, this episode, uh, the storm aired three days after my 20th birthday, mate. Great year. Great people. Great people if they want to sponsor the show, Calendars. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I was a huge fan of SG1 and I just... For some reason, I just did not want a bar of SGA. Mm. I just didn't want a bar of it. And it wasn't until my cousin, Joz, who we've had on the podcast before, Double Jeopardy in particular. Oh, Vinegar Stroke. Uh, vin- vinegar the Vinegar Stroke guy. That guy. Great people. Um, <laughs> and he was like, no, you got to give it a go because, you know, they got, they've got McKay and they've got a, you know, a couple of, they've got like an O'Neill type. I'm like, uh, all right. Mm. And, it, and like I actually had, I actually found it the other day while I was packing. I have SGA, the first season, as a pirated CD copy. Oh wow! Oh, wow. And that was the first time I saw it. 
and and it doesn't surprise me that now throughout my rewatches, this is the first episode that I start because the first half of the first season was like, they were just trying to feel around where they were at. Yeah. Even in terms of the fandom. Like SG1, you know, season one had, you know, stuff you just just don't go back to. Yeah, it's true. It is true. Yeah. Trying to find their feet. But um, yeah, I find from now on, for me personally, from now on, SGA is as good, maybe not for now, but like there are definitely, they're hit and miss. SG1 was consistently really excellent. SGA is, some episodes are way better than SG1. And then the next episode, yeah. you get way worse. I would say... That's the way I feel about it. Season season two and three are some of the best Stargate there is. Like season two yeah. of Atlantis. Four and five do lose me a little bit. Um, oh wow! It's just like um, just like Sea Patrol, season two and three being the best. I've always said that. Yeah, yes, I mean people. Atlantis is is basically just Sea Patrol, really. The whole, I think for me, the whole Taylor, the Taylor storyline loses me. That's the only reason yeah. that it loses me. Yeah, uh, without no, giving I, anything away. I definitely agree. I think after this, I'm not a huge fan of Defiant One, but I'm, I don't mind it. I haven't seen it in a long time, so I'm, I'm interested to see it again. But I know mm. the two after that, Hot Zone and Sanctuary, can, as Michael Shanks would say, eat my asshole. <laughs> Check yeah, out. What did he say? Check Twitter for that one. For those who don't know, Michael Shanks just went off the off chops on Twitter. Oh. Eat the business end of my asshole, did he say? Yeah, maybe that was it. It was something like, it was something like that. Like, okay, I was eating your asshole. I didn't know that wasn't the business end. It was, it was graphic. It was vivid. It was... Um, <laughs> I love it how him and his missus are just jumping on board the socials, just really virtue signaling their way through life. Yeah. He really says, uh, oh, sorry, you can, uh, not eat, you can suck the business end of my asshole. Yeah, business end. Or asshole, it. because he's, he's, you know, he's Canadian. My asshole. That's interesting that Canadians say ass instead of ass. That's interesting. And stick a ZPM up my ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, Great what people. Was, what was the saying before we got um, sh- <laughs> sidetracked by ass eating assholes? Uh, oh yeah, hot, hot oh, zone I never know sanctuary. what's happening before that. Um, <laughs> after after the fight one, there's hot zone and sanctuary, and those can suck the business end of my asshole. Right. But then after that, you've got I before can't remember. I, you've got before I sleep. After that, which I think is probably one of the best episodes of of season one. It may, depending on how you guys react to it, it may be the emancipation of this episode of this. Uh, makes sense. Yes. Makes sense. But we'll see how we go. There is time travel in it, so I think we might have Mitch on. Oh, oh. my God. Now, yeah, I wish I could remember them by names. I only remember... Mm. Personally, I only remember probably first five seasons of SG-1 by name. Everything else is vague. Um, Sometimes no, I um, I wonder in, S- in SG and Stargate Atlantis, I always wonder, like, they always say, oh, this is a Rodney McKee plan. Did you hear that in, I think it was in the eye. He's like, why are we, why are we running electricity down the hallway to McKay? And he's like, that's a Rodney McKay plan. Just, oh, I don't remember that. I think I, it was I just like. at the end where he's yelling at Cole, you're being like, <coughs> you didn't realize I'm a very arrogant man who did blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, he's yeah, that was nice. self-aware. That's pretty good. <laughs> he I knows like he's that. a dick. Like that's. He's trying to, yeah, he's trying to, me. he's trying to play that. But the, at one point, I think <clears throat> um, Rainbow and, 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 um, 
the doctor come back and they say, why are you running electricity conduits through the hallways? And then Shepard says, that's the Ryden McKee plan. And when he said that, I couldn't help but think, what would Carter do? You know what I mean? Like at this point, they, they discuss earlier on that there's, there's dozens, if not hundreds of lightning rods. And so McKay's plan is to channel that lightning through the corridors into, into the power conduits of, of Atlantis to create the shield. He's inspired by Carter because he references torment of Tantalus briefly. He start he goes, yeah, he goes, it's like, you know, the uh, SG one did a similar thing on it and then he kind of get got interrupted. So he did actually almost like acknowledge that he was taking inspiration from, from like a mission report that he read. Right. Because I, I was just wondering, like, why, what would Carter do in terms of, would, I think she would probably look in deeper as to why Atlantis has lightning rods instead of... Well, didn't, didn't they say, like, the reason those lightning rods are there is because when the storm hits, it hits the lightning rods and then grounds it out through the ocean so they're not affected. But that's because... Atlantis normally has ZPMs. So it, so it, when the lightning hits Atlantis, it goes through it and is unaffected. Rodney decides he wants to harness the lightning rod, the lightning to power mm. the shields. Back so, to 1985. Yeah. So he's disconnecting the grounding station. So instead of the electricity being grounded out into the ocean, it runs through the corridors. But it does make you think, why would the Atlanteans make those corridors hyperconductive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he mentioned that. And then I also think why for a for a base for a base, Atlantean base that's was created on Earth on land in Antarctica, whatever million however many millions of years ago. And why would they have lightning rods? Well, and, and even if you if you expand on that it's a, it's a spaceship. It's a spaceship. Yeah. Like it, it's designed to fly through space. Like that's yeah. how it left. Like it went through, it left earth and went through hyperspace to get to, um, to the Pegasus. Pegasus. Yeah. Um, why would it, you need lightning rods in space as well? Yeah. So I just thought, mm. what would Carter do in terms of, would Carter look a bit deeper and say, why is there lightning rods? Maybe there is already an inbuilt system we can harness yeah, that, that that energy that doesn't turn the corridors into death traps yes yeah that's what yeah. i was thinking i couldn't help but think yeah. that when he said uh, it's a right mckay plan because every time in sg1 right if mckay's there he always has his weird reckless plan and carter's like no no no, no. it needs to be this very true very true like, and i don't want to like mckay's one of my favorite characters in or is my favorite character in atlanta so i'd never want to second guess what he does but i also wonder what would Carter do? Yeah. And there is a running theme of, you know, he has these very reckless high stress plans. Like as like by the time, you know, you get to like season five, he's like, Hey lady, I've got a plan. Like he, yeah. (laughs) Um, Do you reckon, I reckon Carter would have just like hooked all five Naquita generators together and hooked them all directly up to the shield. That's what I reckon Carter would have done. And she would have rigged him to overload. I just think she would have just figured out, like while Mc- McKay is doing his wild-ass plans, she would have figured out why the Atlanteans have the lightning rods on their towers. I just feel like she would have just figured out the root reason why mm. and used that reason. Mm. But just, just, you know. Just throwing it out there. Average writing, really. 
Well, you just need a more seasoned writer to just flesh out those. No, you're those right. Questions. I mean, the answer to that is sitting in Sora's cell. <laughs> so, Sora, you're not going anywhere. I will shoot you if you don't let her go. And risk hurting Doctor Weir. Sorry about that. I had to. Uh... Okay. No. Didn't she get f- wet <laughs> when he rescued her? Oh, you could even hear it go. Oh. It was happening then. I, thought, I actually thought something was going to happen. I know I'm a first timer, and you know these two aren't the Jack and Sam level. Mm. If they've got yeah. anything going on, they're certainly not the level of Jack and Sam. Where you're like at any second. They actually might get it on here, you know. Yeah, I think that's the first. That's the first time I've ever thought this was a potential relationship. I think this is like the tenth time we've seen this episode. Yeah, I just I never like saw it up until now. That, like you said, Mitch, the yeah. Sam and Carter thing was just obvious, but this, yeah. I don't know, it's weird. Yeah, her going ah, like that was basically yeah. her non-verbally saying, "Just when I thought I so again." Yeah. yeah. God, yeah. I feel like they do they do play it off a bit, especially in the first couple of seasons where it's like one minute he's flirting with Weir, one minute he's flirting with Taylor, and you don't know which yeah. way he's going to go. It's very weird. I mean, he's a handsome guy, and, and they're the only two females on the show, yeah. so I get it. Secretly, he's with Ronan, though, isn't he? I mean, obviously. Eventually. Yeah. Oh, he's with Sora yeah. in the uh, Sora. In the he's cell. he's got a yeah chained up in his uh, Fifty Shades dungeon. Just she loves her. Day. I've seen her. Yeah. I, I did find it weird how he had the interstellar wave. You know how it was yeah. just a gigantic wave. Know it's a Christopher Nolan film, so yeah. Oh, that piece of shit movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there an a- awesome movie? You should shut your f- mouth. I. The- um, I I, I call it the deep, I call it the deep impact uh, tsunami. I no, I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, I wouldn't have said that ever. Birthday this week to Mr. Christopher Nolan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for all you've done for modern father. He can suck the business end of my ass. <laughs> That's what his last three movies. And May like. 10th, yeah. be forever pushed back on its release date until you are happy, Mr. Nolan, uh, that the world is ready to see it. Oh, just push yeah. it back forever. That's fine. <laughs> well, I'll, I enjoy Inception. I enjoy Inception. Okay. Well, maybe you'll enjoy Tenet. Tenet looks like it's more Inception mm. than any yeah, of maybe. his other films. All right. That is episode 171 <laughs> of Get Into Gates. Uh, we're next. back in the old uh, Milky Way galaxy next week. I don't even know what we're talking. What are we talking next week? Oh, I'm just putting it up here on the video. Replicata. We're talking Replicata in Gemini. Oh, shit. Okay. Not Gemini, but Gemini. Yeah. Jenna, you might Jenna. get confused. If you're a idiot. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's next week on Get Into Gate. You can check out all of our old episodes on uh, your favourite podcasting outlets, whichever one you're into. Go find us, Get Into Gate, a yeah. Stargate podcast. Uh, hit us up on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, and drop us a long-form email if you want to get involved in our hairy mailbag, getintogate at gmail.com. 
Listen, if you're not on the socials, just do it. Jump on and yeah, I mean, like the shit that we do. Um, look, and if you want Reese to come back, just send him a message and go, hey, Reese, it's cracking, bro. Come back. We miss you. Or just don't even bother. <laughs> I mean, we won't take it personally, you know, if, if you say that like we're not as good. Yeah, but at least if he has... 15 people into his DMs, you might feel chuffed enough to come back. Yeah, or just some good old-fashioned guilt, you know? Yes. And if you want more of us, you can uh, jump onto our socials individually after you soon after, very soon after you follow the show, jump onto our Twitter and Instagram. Grab all three of us individually. Where? That's up to you. We'll, uh, we'll happily mm. take it. I'm uh, Mitch underscore Lewis on Twitter and Instagram. Maddie, where you at? At High Pitch Maddie. And uh... Brendan, where are you at? Mate, I'm at the Bren Gibson. Back to it. And look, um, stuff. If you if you want, you can go <laughs> YouTube <laughs> Wizard Serpent's Venom and just say that came get into Gate sent you here. Or because uh, that's all the comments in that video, and it's fucking great. <laughs> that's amazing. We're gonna have to. It's so good. That. That's amazing. And I also did find on um, on YouTube the other day. I put it up on our Patreon. Uh, someone's been uploading all the episodes of Seaf Troll. To uh to YouTube. YouTube, we can cut this bit. Out. Yeah, the first four seasons so far. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I, hang on, Steve <sighs> Patrol, the Channel Nine Australian production. Yeah, Channel Nine have their on. own digital. It's like, on there too, but oh. someone has uploaded. You're gonna love this, Mitch. In Is 360 p. Oh god. Yeah. Worth it. A little yeah. bit of me just died. Yeah. I, <laughs> when I put it on Patreon, I said that it probably make you vomit. Like seven twenty is offensive. Yeah. Um, Three sixty p. Not even four eighty. Like, I can four, handle four eighty or anything. Like, like if I'm watching on my phone, I can handle four eighty. It's not even copyright at three sixty p. Yeah. Until you get away with it. Yeah. yeah. I directed Star Wars in three. <laughs> <laughs> so, in nineteen seventy. First four cool. seasons and much like Atlantis, only season two and three are worth watching. Um, <laughs> what a thoughts, I mate. <laughs> and, Considering um, I said, this is where I start my rewatch. Yeah. <laughs> and I basically said to our patrons, I said, look, if you want to know what Star Trek would be like if it was made in Australia and set on the ocean, watch Sea Patrol. You know? And just, just <laughs> enjoy... <laughs> anyway, what I was thinking is... Just enjoy the incomparable list. Should we get on TikTok, guys? I think we should get on TikTok. Oh, as thirty-year-old men, is that is that something we should should do? Yeah. 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 All right, we'll be back in the Milky Way Galaxy next week. Talking line. Gemini. 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 Oh, I've taken her down. That's fine. We'll see more of her next week. On. Uh, yeah, you will. On, sure will. And you'll hear about it right here on Get It Gate. Catch you then. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Ciao. I'll see you later. See ya. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sayonara. Bye-bye. It sounds a lot like a Popeye. Goodbye. Get into Geek.